Welcome to the show. It is Friday, June 10th. The summer of more marches on. Yes. <laughs> Month BS never ends, baby. I'm joined today by four natural born gamers. Jake King. It's in my blood, Eric. Izzy Vanderveld. <laughs> Hello there. Andrew King, no relation. Please, Dr. Michael Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> and Stacey Henley. Hello. Uh, as you listen to this, Summer Games Fest has officially kicked off, but uh, unfortunately because of the linear nature of time, none of us have seen it. Uh, yeah. It was great, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were, there were some games, there were some trailers, there were some trailers for games. One of the best. One if of the I know, best if I know Keely, one of the there best was, of the two. <laughs> if I know Keely, there was definitely an awkward skit with Muppets as well. Oh no, you're right. stage. <laughs> uh, we will have lots and lots to say about Summer Games Fest uh, next week. We're going to do uh, an earlier show so we don't have to wait uh, an entire week to talk about those games. But since it hasn't happened yet for us. Instead, we are going to run through our Game of the Year so far. And since Game of the Year so far uh, is a prize that does not matter, we're going to be doing it in a way that makes no sense. If you've been listening to the show for a while, we we played the same game last year. Uh, but in effect, we're all going to pitch our, uh, <laughs> our choices for Game of the Year, and then we're going to make uh, one person choose. Uh, just whatever, <laughs> however they feel. Incredible. Uh, so we, we will start with uh, Jade and wow. Izzy. I will have the two of you each pitch one game, and then we're going to have Andrew pick which one of those games. Now, oh, I've asked I everybody see. to bring cool. three Great. games to discuss, so we will be narrowing it down that way. Uh, cool. I know that we have a couple of Elden Ring perverts here today, so hopefully it doesn't <laughs> just go in the obvious direction. Yeah. Uh, but we'll start with you, Jade. Uh, what is your first nominee for Game of the Year so far? Oh, okay. I'm I'm not I'm not going to start with Elden Ring because please I don't want to be a filthy pervert. I can <laughs> already tell by the look on Izzy's face he is. So no, I was just thinking I don't want to do Elden Ring at the same time Jade does. Let's so. nobody do Elden Ring. That will solve it. <laughs> just no, no, no. Fuck you, Stacey. Well, that's going to be this conversation, but not yet. Okay, my first pick is going I'm going to get the pick at one point. I, Elden Ring's not winning this. I'm going to have to choose between Elden Ring and anything else. It's not winning. Okay, okay. My first pick is Ghostwire Tokyo. Great. It, it feels like this game came and went in a very, I don't know, like, unfair way. Like, the new game from Tango Gameworks, he did Evil Within 1 and 2, which were great. And this was like a first-person open-world game, and while I feel it did kind of ride the line a little too much in terms of its mechanics and it got old by the end, I can't think of a game this year that has been as stylish and confident and unique in its combat and exploration and characters. Like, I think Stacy wrote about this. Like, she was going to be annoyed if, like, no one talked about Ghostwire Tokyo when Game yeah. of the Year came around. <laughs> no so, one's like, going to. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it during our imaginary Halfway game of the year discussion. Like the yeah. very important real game of the year thing, which definitely <laughs> matters. Yes. Yeah, no, it does, it does. But Ghostwire Tokyo, like, as I mentioned, I kind of fell off it towards the end, but I still think that game is worth playing and worth talking about because of like 
the cool setting, like the distinct combat, like the way it melds together folklore with like a modern, like a modern disposition. Like it does so much unique stuff, and it does feel like it's just left the conversation, and not many people talked about it or bought it. Which it feels like a crying shame. Like so, that's my first pick. Izzy, talk about Elden Ring. <laughs> well, now I feel like I'm being backed into talking about Elden Ring. <laughs> no, you, you don't need to. You don't need no, to. nobody yeah. needs to. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna talk about uh, this war of mine, the final cut. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Is so, that sorry. a game that came out this year? This game that yeah. is that, does that count? Does it not count? I don't know. Did that come out this year? Yeah, I think it originally oh. came out like six years ago. But I guess oh, what? It oh, was it just the was the final cut thing just like a yeah that game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't even think okay. the final cut thing came out this year. Okay, it must have been a PS5 upgrade. Whoops. Okay, well I'm gonna talk about Roller Champions then. <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll we'll fix that and edit. No, oh my. <laughs> it's okay. Come <laughs> in. Um, I'm gonna talk about Roller Champions, uh, Ubisoft's new free to play. Uh, roller derby game uh it's yeah i started playing it a couple weeks ago with some mates um it's a group of friends we always game together um but we've kind of fallen off everything um over the past year or so just life has gotten in the way but uh roller champions is what's brought us back together it's 3v3 you race around an oval and you just uh, absolutely batter the opposing team steal the ball off them race it round through four gates in sequence you can throw it through, you can actually physically race it through, you can roll it through. As long as the ball gets through and like it counts as your ball, so like the other team hasn't touched it, you're good to go. Uh, you can each time you go round, you build up more points on like the ball. So go round once and score, you get one point, go round twice and score, you get three points, go round three times and score, you get five points, and it's the first to five wins. So if you're really good or you go up against a team that's really bad, you can just whip round the track three times and win in less than a minute. And then the reason this is on my game of the year list is just the sheer in-your-face toxicity of, like, the winning screen, where you and your avatars dance and point and laugh at the other players. It's it's just brilliant. It's that, it's just showboaty, and it's, and it's fun, and it's silly, and it really, like, makes a victory feel all the sweeter. But what's quite sweet about it is... Um, the the opposing team doesn't actually have to sit through it like as soon as you lose you can just click x and continue to the next screen and you're done but they don't disappear from the screen so it all looks like you're doing it to them so it's like all of the toxicity and all of that um catharsis without any of the actual like upsetting people mm. which for some may ruin the fun but I'm a bit of a softie. So it's I not like the it. true game away. Like, as yeah. no one's being hurt by. <laughs> <laughs> How to be a gamer without actually causing harm. Um, but beyond that, the <laughs> gameplay is really fun. The matches are tight. They're quick. Um, it plays well. It feels very responsive. I think the seasons are a little bit too short and you get XP a little bit too slowly. So, like, spending four quid on the season pass and trying to get the cosmetics does feel like a bit of just a cash grab rather than. Izzy, you're pitching this game. You're pitching this game. So, oh, sorry. sorry. It's really good fun. There's cosmetics. It's shiny. Uh, you get you get loot balls instead of loot boxes. Um, loot it's just balls. really good fun. It's just it's easy to play. Like it's very easy just to pick up and have a quick go. It's free to play as well, so there's literally no reason not to play it. Uh, it's got a banging EDM soundtrack as well. Like proper, proper good hype shit. It's really good. Yeah, you really can't overstate the 
ability to shit on people in that game. Mm, it's no. the fact that you can win the game in one shot yeah. is just absurd. Yeah. I've never played a game like that. It's very funny. And the camera follows you for a little bit after you score as well. So you can do like an emote or like do a dive. Like you can even tackle someone in that time. So literally the replay cam could come back and you just see you absolutely clotheslining someone and making somebody, them eat shit. Yeah. It's just yeah. unbeatable. Uh, Andrew, it is up to you to decide if Ghostwire Tokyo or Roller Champions is moving on to the next round. Well, <laughs> such in reality, stuff. from what I've seen, Ghostwire Tokyo seems like the game I would actually want to play more. But Izzy has really sold me on <laughs> Roller <laughs> Champion letting you be a shithead, so I'm going to pass that one on through. Uh, this this is busted. <laughs> Jake, you're 100% right. This is a kangaroo court. <laughs> uh, all right, round 1.2. It's still just round one. <laughs> this is the game award, so this is so much better than uh, Andrew and Stacy pitch your games, and then I will be choosing between them. Okay. Who joins to go first, Andrew? I'll go first. Um, so, most of the games I've played this year have been Wordle clones of some variety. I've played about a dozen of those at this point. Um, and the one that has stuck with me the most is called Box Office Game. Um, does anybody on the pod listen to uh, Blank Check with Griffin and David? No. Yeah, I remember that one. Okay, it's a very popular film uh, podcast. It's about uh, filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whichever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce baby. That is the, that's the pitch of the podcast. Um, and at the end of each pod, Griffin, um, who is an actor and comedian, um, will play the box office game where he will try to guess the five movies that were in the top half of the box office um, the week that the movie uh, they're talking about came out. Um, and so, you know, you can play along at home with a box office game, which is a game that one of their listeners uh, created, which each day is a um, different weekend in movie history. I'm sorry. And the game you're pitching us right now is a game that people play on a podcast you listen to? No, <laughs> no, no, also no, no. a Wordle clone in the year you could have just picked Wordle. Well, <laughs> Wordle technically came out in 2021, so I, I wanted to, you know, be true to that. Um, but no, it's an actual game. They play it on okay. the podcast. The game that I'm talking about is inspired by that game. It's a Wordle clone version of that game where you can do one box office game per day where they give you a random weekend throughout movie history. It'll, you know, give you some information about the uh, about the movie, like who the distributor is. So it's it'll say like Paramount or Disney, how much money it um, is making that weekend and what weekend it's in. So like if it's like the fourth weekend or the first weekend and how much money it's made up to date, I think. And then you have to click to see extra stuff like who the director is, who the top three actors are, what the tagline was. You can spend a bunch of points to get a summary, which are funny because sometimes they will just give you the title and the summary. Um, so yes, if you are... This is your game of the year. 
Well, it's one of them. It's, I, have not, <laughs> I have not played much that I've liked this year. The games that I was heavily anticipating, like Dying Light 2 and Horizon Forbidden West, I have not liked very much at all. Um, and so it's the Wordles have come in and taken over. I think at this point, probably seven of my ten games and my you know rough game of the year list are Wordle clones. Um, but box office game is the Wordle clone that is nearest and dearest to my heart as a, as a movie fan. Does it save the letter for each guess, like Wordle? No, you don't guess letters for this one. You so just... it's not a Wordle clone. It is well, a. A, it, a lot it, of the clones don't go by letters these days. Right. Yeah, like, some of them are like movies. It's like five sequential clues is supposed to be the deal. Right. Like, like Wordle, Wordle is... old man Schweitzer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Wordle has changed a lot since your day, Eric. It's as if Wordle <laughs> is the first like word quiz game. Uh-huh. But it's not. Wordle okay. is like vanilla COVID, and what I am playing is like an Omicron variant, right? It is. It has changed a lot this since the early page. days. Yeah, way down. So, if you want to be infected by the game of the year equivalent of Omicron, play box office game. <laughs> box office game. Is this a? This is a browser. It's a browser. Yeah, browser? yeah. Just look up box office. G-A dot M-E is how it is pre- presented in your search bar. I can't wait. And listen to Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'll use my time to actually promote that. Plug that. Er, Eric, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> cut that in post. Stacey, do you have a real video game? <laughs> I do, I do. So I don't know if you guys have heard of um, YouTube, but on YouTube, people play Pokemon. No. Um, so my pitch is Pokemon. There was a Pokemon game come out this year. Um, oh, but was you, there? Re- yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Quite a big was. one in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus, or however you want to say it, because I just don't I care. I thought you were going to pitch people playing Pokemon on YouTube as your game. No, that, see, that See that mm-hmm. was that was the joke pitched on the podcast, you see? Yes. Because that was how Andrew's pitch started. You, yes, that's anyway, what I would have <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm going to have to argue this again the next round, aren't I, Eric? Assuming yeah. it goes through. Um, no, you're not I'm, winning this. I think box I'm, office game is going to pull I, through. <laughs> should I just retire now so I've got like a stronger argument in the next round? <laughs> <I'm surprised. laughs> um, no, look, I, Legends of Arceus wasn't the most brilliant game. I think Pokemon gets a bit of a pass, but I I just like that it was open world Pokemon. I've, we've all wanted that for a very long time, and it seems like it's going to be influencing you know, Scarlet and Violet. So it had some subplots. It had it's quite interesting Pokemon they catch at the start. They weren't the normal fodder. Um, I like the fact that the different Pokeballs flew in different ways and some didn't go as far. It wasn't perfect, but it was Pokemon's first attempt at something we've wanted them to do for about 15 years, and it was a pretty solid first attempt that it looks like they're going to continue doing. So I am. Uh, I think in in 10 years' time, I'm going to be very happy that Led Pokemon Legends Arius exists, whereas Let's Go was one of my favorite games, but I don't really, it doesn't matter that it exists. Like nothing's done anything since it's just kind of there. Um, I think legends might be a game that even if it doesn't get a specific sequel with like Celebi or whatever, um, I think it'll inform what a Pokemon game is for quite a while. Uh, great. Uh, this, this is a tough one. No, it's Uh, not. Andrew, I want to let you know that if you had picked any actual video game, <laughs> you for sure would have won this round because I think Legends Arceus is a bad mm. game. 
Yes. All Stacey's arguments are totally totally valid. I think that its place in history is secured as long as Pokemon doesn't, I don't know, turn out to be a big pedophile organization and we cancel it next year or something. <laughs> like <laughs> you got to uh, catch them all. You've that's, just why left, that's why the, the, the head guy left. He's a nonce. It's just going to come out. Know. I, I'm the just legal saying, purposes, that was a joke. I, yeah. I, do not, I do not enjoy playing Legends Arceus, even if I appreciate that it exists. I get that. Uh, it is uh, drab. It is empty. Uh, it's tedious. It's it's actually worse than regular Pokemon games, which I also think are pretty tedious. Uh, big Pokemon well, fan, though. Before you decide, maybe play a round of box office game to see how it, how it, if it tickles your go. fancy. Yep. Here we go. Box I office game. I would have gone for Ghostwire. I do want to Pokemon Wars when I buy up choices, but Ghostwire mm. lost two hands. Okay. Can roll a blade and game. I, I should have. I should have talked more. <laughs> Here we go. As a team, the uh, the weekend is April seventh, nineteen ninety five. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, number one. Distributed by Sony Pictures, gross fifteen and a half million. What weekend is it on? April seventeenth, nineteen ninety five. Oh, what weekend? April, what of its run? Of its run. No, no. Weekend of its run. There, there should be a number which tells week you how one. long it's been out. Okay. Week one, opening weekend. This, this came out April seventh or, or thereabouts, nineteen ninety five. The small mm. movie. Uh, from Sony. Is that only clue we get right now? Yeah. You to, uh, yep. You have to click for more. That's pretty brutal. Uh, I mean, I have I some ideas the from the Oscars of what came out. D any guesses? Twister. Twister. Submit. N nope. Okay. Um, can we get an actor? Sh sure. Uh, actor. Martin Lawrence. Oh. Bad Boys. Bad Boys? It auto-corrected Bad Boys to Banditas. <laughs> what is this drop-down with the titles? That's very confusing. Oh, you get used to it. It's all part of the box office game charm. Alright, number one was Bad Boys. Next it's... movie is uh, uh, Walt Disney. Picture. Okay. Oh, so actually made, all of them. All right, okay. Made Aladdin. six million in its first week. Okay, six million. So it's... it's uh... A Disney classic, 1995. It won't be a classic if it's 95. Well, no, might, I thought that's it, when they were happening. Lion, no. It could also be a re-release. No. If it's only Lion. making six million this in its opening weekend, it sounds like it might be a re-release of an earlier. What is this, Pocahontas? I mean, and Disney is just a distributor, so it also could be a Touchstone movie. It's not necessarily a oh kids animated movie. Um, I, I don't think actors going to help us here. Who is up? Who's having fun? The actor's Bill Farmer. Oh, Bill Dear Farmer. Dear listener, nobody put their hands up. And uh, can we get the director, Eric? Sure. Director's Kevin Lima. Kevin Lima. Is this Lima. this is helping? No, it's not helping at all. I don't all know right. either of those names. Actor I'm, number two is Jason Marsden. I'm Jason. fairly sure Andrew's right that it's a touchstone, because I think I would know the Disney mm, cast. Yeah. Unless it's a re-release of an older one. Inspector you want the tagline? Yeah, let's get the tagline. Sure. The, the tagline gives the whole game away. Okay. Uh, Bill Farmer is goofy. Oh, oh it's, a, it's a Goofy movie, movie, of course. Yes, that's it's a Goofy movie. movie. The tagline the tag is just, here's who Goofy is. <laughs> <laughs> the is. No, the tagline is, 
it's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy. Oh, it's true. That's the conflict of the movie. They summarized it perfectly. That Isn't is what, a good game? what the film is about. No, this game is terrible. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> Legends Arceus uh, is moving on. To well, thank you for only doing the first two. Now I can go and do the yeah, other three on my own. I can guess those without having any hints. Thank you for solving that for me. <laughs> and I will just enjoy this for myself. And I hope our listeners will um, give it a try. Uh, they won't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's me and Jade and Izzy is choosing. Uh, because we have an odd number of people and this game doesn't matter. Do I have any coins in my life? Uh, I want to talk about... Anime. Vampire Survivors. Mm. Ooh. Vampire Survivors uh, is a remarkable... Always the hipster, Eric. Isn't the Eric choices are always the hipster choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, real. I'm really on the edge, the cutting edge. This is this is a game that feels like it's from a different universe where this was a whole genre in like the very early, maybe like the late '80s. This isn't the Rising, this. and it's not the new like Masquerade or Bloodlines game. No, nope. This is a different vampire Blade game. Room. Cool. It's the summer it's Morbius, not Bloodlines, and it's not Morbius. Yeah. Everything's vampires now, thanks mm. to Morbius. Okay, uh, Vampire Survivors is a uh, a top-down bullet hell. The the big twist is that it is all automatic. So your only the only gameplay that you're participating in is moving around and dodging enemies mm. and choosing upgrades. Um, your character attacks automatically, and uh, you are uh, using them to move around and kill enemies, pick up experience crystals, and then level up. Every time they level up, you have three choices. Uh, it is very roguelike in that way. And those choices build, create your character's build. So it gives them more abilities, more attacks, and improves their attacks. Uh, and you're trying to create a character that is just invincible. Um, Are you a vampire they- or a survival? Uh, unclear. The story is still in development. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is uh, like I said, it f- it feels like uh, a game from a different timeline because it is so well put together. It's like it feels like it should have always existed. I can't believe mm-hmm. it took until 2022 to some for somebody to come up with a game like this because it really is its own genre. And we've seen some clones start to pop up already but i think we're gonna see a lot of games that take the that are vampire survivor likes i'm sure we'll eventually come up with a new name for that uh because it it is just so damn good um to uh find all these builds they do this really cool thing where if you get two uh two different weapons to max level they combine together to make something new so you're, you're, it's pushing you to always like get to that end game and find new combinations uh, of powerful abilities. Um, they all tend to scale at different rates, so some are much better early on, and some are much better later. So you're trying to like get things that are you know will be good later, but make the game harder now, right. versus things that make the game easier now but are become more useless later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a uh, a lot more complex and interesting than you'd think a little top-down bullet hell game uh, would be. Uh, You unlock tons and tons of stuff. There's lots and lots of characters and maps and game modes. And uh, every time you die, you have a bunch of permanent 
uh, currency you can spend to affect your next run or, uh, you know, unlock a new character or something. And uh, it's like an early access game, but I, I swear every time I open it, they've added a whole new level or another character or something. Mm. It's like when when you talk about like active development on an early access game, they're just making such insane money on this. And I think it's like a dollar. In the, on Steam, or maybe like two dollars or something. Um, but there, it's also just, in Game Pass. Oh, nice! Us. Yeah, it's in yeah preview or whatever they call it on Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, PC and Game Pass. Pumping out uh, content for this thing, so uh, I'm sure most people have heard of Vampire Survivors at this point. But if you haven't, it's a very very cool roguelike, uh, a very new kind of roguelike. So that's my game, Jay. What's yours? Uh, I'm gonna go for a relatively recent one, The Quarry which isn't even out yet, but the review embargo dropped today, so I think I'm allowed to talk about it. Shut yeah, it comes out, if you're listening to this, it came out today. Oh, shit, okay, yes. So, yeah, I've been a fan of Supermassive. Super Does Massive. no one actually like Elden Ring? Sorry, because like, I know I don't, but I thought everyone else was like in love no, with this I game. I know I know. if you're going to vote, I won't stand a fucking chance. I'm not voting on this one. I'm just scared people have to say Elden Ring. Sorry, go on with the, go on with the quarry, because I'm, I'm looking forward to this I'm, game. I'm, but yes, uh, I've been a fan of Supermassive's work since Until Dawn, which was, I don't know, it felt like a very, it felt like one of those games that built on what Heavy Rain was doing, but did it by like taking advantage of horror cliches and depicting a story that was both at times predictable and subversive. And after that, we saw Supermassive go on to Dark Pictures, which have been great, but to me, they never reached the same benchmark as Until Dawn because they were shorter, they had to almost lean into that episodic vibe. But the quarry feels like Until Dawn 2, like in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. It's about as long. I think the start, the cast is equally as strong. but it And it deals with a very similar scenario, I think. A bunch of like, like snot-nosed teenagers who are about to go off to college. Like Some of them are level-headed and really likable characters, and some of them are just... The sort of shit heels that you love to hate, but you slowly warm to throughout the entire game. And it's the formula that was established until dawn, I don't think has moved on since that game came out in twenty fifteen, I think. But it feels refined here and more immersive and it gives you greater agency as a consequence, because it feels like they've morphed it so not every choice feels like it's obvious and it's leading to a certain conclusion. It feels like okay, I'm growing close to these characters and I'm pointing them in ways where what I think is the right decision might get them killed or it might save someone in ways I don't expect. And I think it does that in a really effective way. And when this game was being advertised, I thought it was going to be a very almost like rote horror story. Like, oh, they're just going to do Friday the 13th. There's going to be a killer. They're going to have to avoid them. And I thought that even when I previewed it, part of me was afraid that it was just going to be a predictable threat. The game was going to be too short. But much like Until Dawn, when I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, where you think you know what the threat and the end game is, there's so many little unexpected layers, which are so silly, but they're also like surprisingly compelling because you don't see them coming. And characters that I hated, who just seemed like assholes, they'd grow into really like affectionate people and you'd want them to survive or certain relationship dynamics would develop in ways you wouldn't expect. And I think that's quite special. Like, even if you're playing on your own or with a friend, it's one of those horror games where you just want to keep going to see what happens next. And 
see where it takes you. And I don't think we have enough horror games like that, which is quite strange given the base appeal of something like the quarry. Like I could put the controller in my mum's hand and she could figure this out. And even more so now because like the, the accessibility options and stuff. But I don't know. I have a hard time sitting down with games nowadays, but this is one where I sat down to review it and I just played the whole thing in two settings. And like mm. I kept wanting to see what would happen next and to see where the story went. And after being kind of not paying too much attention to to the dark pictures, I now want to go back and play the ones I missed and play this again. And which ones have you missed? Excited. I I've played Man of Medan, but I haven't played Little Hope or House of Ashes. I haven't touched them. Mm. House Man of Ashes is great. House of Ashes is my favorite one. Yeah, Man of Medan's the worst one. Little Hope oh, is shit. pretty okay. bad. I think Little Hope is worse than Man of Medan, but really, uh, I own yeah. both of them. But now I want to go back because the quarry has kind of made me really curious. And yeah. oh, I love a lot of the actors in the quarry. It's a huge as well. cast as well, isn't it? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Like, God, yes. Ted Raimi? Is it Ted Raimi that's in it? It is Ted Raimi. Yeah. Raimi, yeah. Got David Matt, Arquette. Is that Matt Tim Rice or Sam Raimi? Yeah, his brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Ranger He's in the uh, Spider Man movies. He Spider-Man, works at the Daily yeah. Bugle. Oh, cool. Um, I wish some characters were in it more, but. I think those are the more expensive names. So mm. there's some that kind of only pop up towards the third act when they're involved in certain things. What's but... uh, what's Justice Smith like? He's I I hated him in the preview, right? Because it felt like he was very monotone. Because he's like an introverted nerd. He doesn't mm. want anything to do with summer camp. He kind of kisses up to the instructors and he listens to podcasts. But when yeah. when shit when shit loser. gets heavy, yeah, he's a loser. <laughs> But when shit kicks <laughs> off, he's the one who's he's given a gun by Brenda Song, who's like Caitlin. And she goes, go into the woods and save what's his name. And he does it. And from there, I played him as quite a level headed, reasonable person who cared about people. And he wanted everyone to be safe and he'd be willing to take risks. And he grows into a very un- unsuspecting leader. And he's got some cool chemistry of another character, which gets a bit gay. But I can't tell if they did that on purpose, which is quite <laughs> nice because you know me. But yeah, like he was great. Yeah, like all the performances are solid and the script is, it's less covered in cliche like Until Dawn where you could tell mm. they were going for archetypes and horror cliches and really leaning into it. The characters in this feel way more well-rounded. Like even the jock who's, the I think he's called Jacob. He, he sabotages the car so they can't get home. And he's like, I guess we have to spend one more night here so I can get cucked. And that's kind of what happens. <laughs> but, but but even but even he, you think he's a dickhead, but you feel sorry for him because this girl's not interested in him, and he's coming to terms with having feelings for someone, but realizing that it's just a fling. And even the girl who takes advantage of him, she turns into a cool layered character. I don't know. Like, I didn't expect Supermassive's writing to be this strong, but maybe it was strong in the Dark Pictures games I missed. But yes, that's that's my quarry rant. It's very good. I can't believe after all these horror games and with how conventional Supermassive likes to be with this stuff that they have not developed like an icon killer. I know. It's quite strange because they they do something different every time. Yeah. The only thing that really carries over between those dark um, pictures games is the the guy that's telling the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The curator. Curator, right. They need their. They need a Freddy or something. Like yeah. they need it. They need to have their own Jason. Are they I still planning like, oh, to finish yeah. the anthology? Because I yeah, know they, they trademarked like five of them. Yeah, right, they were planning on sure. making five of them. Okay, so they have another one coming out. 
They yeah. do, yeah. Jess, Jesse okay. Buckley's the lead in the new Oh, one. cool. Man, that's I'm a that's a big get. Jesse Buckley that's, is that's great. A, that's a big guy. Imagine they got to be for the last order. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see if people can guess what the big threat is in the quarry because it wasn't what I expected. Mm. Yeah, it's very. I, I like that they're collecting sure sweet life. Uh, what'd you say? <laughs> what'd you say, Izzy? I said, be sure to discuss it in the comments below. Let us know, yeah. gamers. <laughs> I was going to say, I like that they're collecting sweet life cast members like Infinity Stones. <laughs> yeah, we need it. We need the um. And just Disney Channel in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Izzy, what's your game? So, um, both very well argued, both interesting sounding games. Uh, unfortunately, I was not a fan of Until Dawn. Mm. So... Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> I was talking for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking, like, let's, uh, see, let's see. And then you said Until Dawn 2, and I was like, nah. Um, oh, yeah, wasn't a fan of Until Dawn. <laughs> haven't given any of the Dark Creatures anthologies a go, so I, I'm a bit confused that you don't know if you're a vampire or a survivor in Vampire Survivor. <laughs> one, of the, Wait, like, one of the characters is a skeleton. Vampires? Okay, that's one of you're the char- a, You're a vampire who has survived. You're a vampire survivor. Oh yeah, you could be both. Actually. Wait, but if you're bitten by that. a vampire, you become a vampire. But you've survived, so you'd also become a survivor. <laughs> but va- yeah. you don't die when a vampire bites you. Unless they like really suck you out, <laughs> suck you out, oh. or like suck, get get rid of all your blood. I don't know. Now, now I don't. Now I don't want any game to win. But uh, no, sanguinate. Gonna... That's a cool word. <laughs> that was a good word. I think I'm gonna have to go with um, vampire and slash or survivor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've wounded me, Izzy. The, the game, <laughs> sorry, the game always ends with you getting killed by Dracula. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Oh. So. So you, you're not, you're not a, a survivor. survivor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you say that after I fucking vote. God damn it. <laughs> Too late. Son of a bitch. Uh, okay. Izzy and Andrew and then Stacy chooses. Okay. Definitely not <laughs> picking Elden Ring. So am I going back to Roller Champions or am I doing something else? You're doing your next game. Oh, another game. Okay. Fuck. One of the games isn't even out. It wasn't even out this year, apparently. Um... Looks oh, like they left for Elden Ring. Yeah, do Elden Ring and see if you can convince her. I, I, <laughs> that's the real challenge. I truly do not believe I can convince you may, her. You might be up against a game they play on a podcast. You yeah. really should have a go. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how stupid my next game will be. You never know. No, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to play a game that, actually, um, that I found quite touching and very lovely. Uh, the Wandering Village. It's... um. I can't, I can't remember if it's an early access or if it was just like a demo, but um, the, whatever it was, it was it felt quite fleshed out. Um, it's a game about... It's a city builder, but instead of being uh, on a city or an island, you, you're you on the back of a massive creature. Mm. And this creature... Uh, early access, by the way. I'm just looking it up now. It is early access? Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this oh, creature... yeah, I remember reading your thing on this. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm glad you, glad you read it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, she's yeah. an editor. That's her job. Yeah, that's my job. I didn't want to. Employment. <laughs> if I weren't being paid to do it, I would have thrown it in the bin. Um, so yeah, you. It's called Onbu. Or it's Anonbu, or it is Onbu. It's kind of. I think it's Anonbu, but you also call it Onbu. It's a cute name. And you, it, it wanders across the map, and you're because you're quite high up on it. It's a massive, massive creature. You, you see a little bit in of the surrounding area. And you can send your scouts out to search for other survivors. 
uh, oh yeah, toxic spores have like spread everywhere and made your home inhospitable, which is why you're now on this thing trying to just sort of like, it's a bit like Snowpiercer where you're just constantly on the move trying to like escape the environmental threat. Did you talk about this on the show before? Maybe. Maybe when I first started playing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you, yeah, so you search for resources, survivors. You also um, build on the back of Ombu. So you have to like clear the trees on him or it. Uh, clear the rocks. Uh, you can forage for berries, mushrooms. And where the game gets quite interesting is that you end up in this sort of symbiotic or you have to choose between symbiosis or um, being a parasite on Ombu. So if you want your crops to grow faster, you can get fertilizer by drilling down into Ombu's ass and collecting its shit. But nice. if you do that, it's mm-hmm. going to hurt it and it's not going to trust you as much. And the reason you want it to trust you is because if it's once it gets to a crossroad, and north is a big cloud of poisonous spores, and right is, you know, an oasis, you obviously want the oasis. And so you construct this big horn to try and give it command. If it doesn't trust you, then it's just, it's not going to listen to a word you say, and it's completely down to chance what it does. So you have to decide, do I want to care for this creature and look after it and try and do what's best for it, maybe at the expense of some of my people, and, you know, like, it's going to take me a bit longer to get things, or do I want to say fuck this creature, I'm going to mine it and harvest it for all it's worth, and um, you know, then take the 50-50 on whether it actually does the good thing or the bad thing. Um, so it's kind of a... I like it as a metaphor for just the way we kind of treat our planet, which is very much, you know, we've got one, and if we don't look after it, we're going to burn and flood. Oh, so preachy, is he? <laughs> so woke. <laughs> so much woke politics in games nowadays. But no, it's just it's a city builder with a nice little twist. Um, I think yeah considering your relationship with what you're building on is because ombu is very literally alive it's um it's a much easier metaphor to digest and it's not quite cerebral so it's very it's very on the nose but it's done well mm-hmm. that's and cool the, yeah and the art style is really cool it. as well it's like a all the actual things are completely 2d but they're kind mm-hmm. of like a the camera angle sort of like it's like it pulls back and then goes up a little bit so even though it's 2D, it sort of looks a bit 3D, but it's, mm. it's cool. Yeah, it's cute, fun, um, yeah, very cheap. It's either cheap or free to play or something like that, but yeah, it's, um, it's nice. good. It's it fun. Mm. Um, I'm also playing a game with Vampire in the title. <laughs> um, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, which came out at the end of last month. And it's like the ninth game that they've made since they announced that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 was coming out. <laughs> I don't know if that game will ever come out. I would like to play it. Um, but in the meantime, this has been the best stopgap uh, game that they have released. It's, it's definitely the biggest. I haven't played all of the um, smaller games, but this is like the closest thing to like a full-fledged you know, RPG. It's a... It feels like a mixture of like the vampire, the masquerade, bloodlines world, which is very dark and moody and neon lit and rainy, with um, Life is Strange style gameplay, but with uh, RPG upgrades to like your character. So like, usually what you're doing is like walking around environments, looking for clues, talking to other characters. Um, but you have a, you know, upgrades to like your persuasion skill or your rhetoric skill or your technology skill, which make it so that you can, you know, access 
a safe that you wouldn't be able to access, or you can win confrontations against other characters that you um, would not otherwise be able to win. I'm a big fan of the genre of a game where you walk around, you know, detailed environments and look at stuff. And <laughs> the Life is Strange and Telltale games um, have both been, uh, you know, have both been doing that for a while. And I like seeing that imported into a universe that I am even more interested in exploring. I love Vampire the Masquerade stuff. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is one of my favorite games, and this is like a really good, um, you know, use of that world. You're really appealing to your uh, jury here. With those I know that's things. that's the thing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just throw my old buzzwords. Maybe it is. It is Morbius, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. True, True Colors was my um, my game of the year last year. Um, well, and I'm a big mopeed, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the life is life is vampires. Yeah, so I wasn't I, even here to hear it. It definitely <laughs> feels like life is vampires. I've seen some, like our review of it by Kihoon was fairly positive. I think they gave it a seven out of ten or a three and a half out of five. Um, I've seen other reviews that were outright negative, and I think some of that may just have to do with bugs, which I am not really encountering playing it post release, but I imagine could have been really you know. Yeah, that uh, happened with me last year. I, I reviewed Sable and it crashed all the time. Yeah, um, Sable and I didn't was pretty like gnarly. It. Yeah, Sable was yeah. pretty gnarly at launch. There was like one city where if you went in, it was like, okay, my it's like going at like a frame a minute now. Um, yeah, but so I people played afterwards and we loved it. Yeah. So I don't know if Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song just got hit by that, but what I'm playing right now is really great. I wrote a feature about it this week about the Codex and how... Um, good of a resource it feels for the game you're playing but also just the world of darkness in general and like if you are into proper nouns it is like i just find myself spending a lot of time reading about you know various things on there it's a world that i'm very interested in and this is a really good use of it okay perfect yeah. uh next is stacy and wait we gotta decide and... a winner right she Me, just I picked yeah. Oh. Life as vampires. That was oh. I was I made my choice instantly. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. It feels uh, it feels good to win. <laughs> so it's just, it's just nice to get a win these days. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we're pitching and Jade. You are choosing. Ooh, okay. okay. Um, my uh, my second game, third game, I guess, since Ghostwire has gone, is a Nintendo Switch Sports, a game that I didn't like that much when I reviewed it. Um. I I didn't like it at all when I reviewed it, just because there were no online capabilities when the um, in the review period, so you're just playing offline. There's no mini games, there's no challenges, there's kind of nothing to keep you going when you're offline. But the online mode is just really good, and I wasn't expecting a Nintendo game to launch and be able to support itself with just online alone. Um, but I feel like it's managed it. it it kind of drip feeds its cosmetics, which again I is a thing that I hate, and yet it's working on me, so I can't really say anything about it. As as Eric knows from previous podcasts, I have a lot of hours in Crash Team Racing. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and the sole reason for that is they used to do a monthly Grand Prix where they would bring out new cars and new skins and new like actual characters would come into the game. There was like I think fifty one characters by the time the game wrapped. Um, 
And Switchboard is like that. It brings out a new set every week. Um, one of them is also just a fursuit. You can just win a squirrel and just be a furry. Um, Finally. So, yeah, I, I really didn't like volleyball at first, but then I got into it. I've always liked the football. One. I think the football one is the best example of how to translate a sport into this kind of motion control while completely ignoring what the sport is and yet having it still be a great time. Because it's nothing like a game of football. They, they haven't fallen into the trap of trying to make it football. You just kind of flail your arms around and do diving headers and run places. Um, but it's generally just a quite a successful sport that I wasn't expecting. And it's just fun to beat people. It's just really fun to win. <laughs> It who is won. fun to win. It's good to get a win these days. Who won? Yeah. 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 Andrew, by the way, speaking of winning, <laughs> add to, to nip to the loo and get a glass of water. That's no, I won. That's my pitch. You won. Damn it! <laughs> You'll get him next time, pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, my game. Uh, let's do. We were here forever. Uh, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show when it came out. This is the fourth. We were here game it is a co-op puzzle game uh in the first person genre uh i think that it takes two seems like it it, uh was the uh, one of those games where people realize that this whole genre exists of uh sort of like co-op puzzle games but we were here has been around a lot longer and i think that anybody that really liked it takes two uh should definitely check this one out the whole concept of we were here is that you and your partner so this this are... is your game of the year for this year that came out before last year's game of the year no, no, no it's, it's a series, series. A series. Oh, okay okay i, I yeah. see i see i see uh <laughs> in all of these games you and your partner are mountain climber explorers that are trapped in a evil castle uh and the conceit of every puzzle is is built on one concept which is both of you can see half of the solution and you have to find ways to communicate that solution to each other. Uh, yeah. So that you can, <laughs> so that you can progress. So, uh, you know, our early examples would be there's a, a sentence and one person can see the first half of the sentence and the other person can see the second half, but the way that that evolves and gets more complicated as the game progresses is what makes it so fascinating. Um, there's one sequence that I, I talked about on the show and I try not to spoil, like every time I talk about this, I don't want to just like give puzzles away, but I've talked about this one before. Um, one player is listening to a sea creature speak and the other player has books that translate its language, but can't hear it. And the sea monster oh, speaks. Cool. Yeah, the sea monster speaks in sounds that you just can't make uh, with your human mouth. Uh, so you have to. <laughs> okay, so, so one person has to listen to this thing make sounds and figure out ways to communicate what exactly those mm. sounds were to the other player, so that the other player can translate and you can send a message back to the sea creature. Uh, it's it's stuff like that that's just I think is so uh, inventive and such a cool way to do co-op puzzles. Uh, it's a little spooky. It's got a story that's sort of been evolving over these games, uh, kind of in the background. But this one, the newest one, we were here forever, uh, does a much better job of like tying the story and the puzzles together than the ones before. It's definitely the best one in the series. Um, there's another, I'll just briefly mention another puzzle I particularly like where 
Uh, one player is in a gray grave site and they have an axe. They can bust open graves. The other player is beneath the grave site in the catacombs below. And they are, uh, they are relating family trees to the person above to try to find the correct graves to break open. And if you break the wrong graves open, a bunch of ghosts fly out and start like tormenting you. Uh, and like screaming at you and stuff. And so you get very upset at your partner for leading you to the wrong <laughs> graves because then you have to get screamed at by ghosts until you mm. figure out what the right one is. <laughs> uh, very cool game. Co-op. Check it out. Jade, you must choose. I do like Switch Sports. And I, I can totally see where Stacy is coming from with the online. This is, this is a book. There's a book. There's a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm leaning up to it. And like you can be a fairy, and it, it drips feed that it drip feeds that content in a lot of like really effective. <laughs> Do you think way. you can be a fairy? A fairy, a fairy, a fairy. You can be, you oh, oh be right. a fairy if you yeah, want. Yeah, there's to just there's a, the squirrel costume. Right, 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 right. We don't judge here at the gamer, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, like there's a lot of caveats with Switch Sports. I think from what I've played, and I played the first we were here years ago. I think. And I, mm-hmm. I do agree with you. It takes it was doing what it takes to did and was so popular for in a and it does it in a really fascinating and arguably more like nuanced and intelligent way. And I haven't played We Were Here Forever, but from what I've heard you describing it and like how it builds upon that formula, that sounds like a game I'd want to play. So you've got one game you've played and liked one. one game you haven't played, and we're gonna be voting for the game you haven't played. Wait, just wait, just wait. to see where just to see where we're at. That's what's happening. I'm I'm not picking like I got I got I got by your testimonies and, and I'll, I'll go there. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Feels good to uh, win one, doesn't it? <laughs> feels great. Uh I think we're back at the start, but we still have our, our first right, Jade, you're on your third one now, right? Yes. And Izzy, you're on your third one. Yep. Perfect. I'll vote. I'll Great. vote. I'll do the All vote. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey's doing the is vote. Gonna be, is Stacey going to pick her best friend? Pick it. I haven't got a single win yet. <laughs> uh, Dave, what is your third game? So this is going to shock people. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I don't. I didn't like the first Horizon, like vocally. So I thought it was within its genre. It was quite derivative. It didn't do anything new. I thought Aloy was quite dull, and I thought the world was cool and pretty. But it was you had to suspend your disbelief just enough that I couldn't get into it. And I still feel that way. But I finally played Horizon Forbidden West, partly because I bought it, and I was like, oh fuck. I have to play it now, otherwise I'll feel bad about myself. <laughs> so I sat down, <laughs> I, I played for a bit of West, and I don't know, it clicked with me. I don't know why, maybe it was because it, it looks pretty, or I feel like the sequel, especially compared to the first one, where a lot of its open world stuff was relatively predictable, like Ubisoft guff, like collect things, do side quests, do the trials, but I feel like with Forbidden West, it does a much better job at drawing you into its world and making its characters and locations matter. Like a lot of side quests you go to, I didn't really look them up on the map. I just bumped into someone and I had a chat with them and they're like, oh, can you help me out? And I thought it would just be like a routine errand, but it ended up leaving, leading into like 
some interesting like isolated stories within this world that Aloy could help out with even if compared to the main narrative where she's constantly talking about like oh I need to save the world like oh my god you don't have no idea lads like what am I like (laughs) I need to like (laughs) to save the universe and then she'll start then she'll spend 50 hours just doing busy work on the side and yeah it's like totally discordant and doesn't work with the main narrative but one thing I loved in Forbidden West was just kind of exploring on my own terms, especially when you, I can't remember, it's sort of like 10 hours in when you get to the big, you get past the first region and then it's just like, okay, do what you want. You can go here, here, here. Just the world's your oyster. And I haven't gotten much further than that. And I think that's when the fillers maybe going to come in. But I just loved exploring that world, doing missions. The combat feels way punchier now because I went back to zero dawn which i'm playing through at the moment and goodness me like it's hard to go back because combat feels almost not not spongy almost like featherweight when you hit things and they go down Mm. like it feels like forbidden west builds on that combat system and builds on the dialogue especially because oh my god it's like poundland the witcher 3 in the first (laughs) (laughs) in the the first horizon you're like oh you could tell it was like Gorilla's first rodeo when it came to open world games yeah but, but yeah i suppose in a nutshell forbidden west it, it builds on all of the weaknesses of the first game while also perhaps not pushing it as far as it could in terms of like the formula it revolves around and sticks to but it makes up for that with like these individual stories a more compelling main narrative much greater platforming and combat i think and aloy is just I do have a gripe with her, like how her character arc is so driven by her own like destiny that very much takes away her own agency. And I don't think the narrative thus far does quite enough for her to reclaim that or to be her own person, which in turn makes her a less interesting protagonist to root for. Mm. But I think it's getting there. And I'm very excited to see what the inevitable third game in this trilogy does and if it can keep building. Because I spent god years like talking about talking dirt on horizon and then suddenly its sequel turns around and it's like oh you know you're all right you are i don't think i don't think you're a masterpiece but it, it, it it's gonna be on my game of the year list i thought i'd fight its corner you know interesting yeah it's a it's at the end of my top 10 list right now i don't I think it's gonna be in my top five yeah i, I think it'll, it'll, I'm, i agree with eric be like an eight on my list, maybe like around there, mm, somewhere around there. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe the rest of the year will suck. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Izzy, what's your third game? My third game is a game that does everything Jay just said, but better. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. <laughs> no. Oh, you're doing. You're doing it. <laughs> well, because apparently the it's my vote, was... right? I vote for Horizon. There we go. Next round. <laughs> No, it's go like, Izzy. I don't know. I was going to fight this corner. Good, good <laughs> it's incredible. Fuck everyone. I, I feel like Stacey wasn't joking. I think that was. When I put my review up, you brought me on here and you bullied me for an hour. Rejoin Algebraic. I was like, there is, there is such a weird like, split at the gamer with like. Straight up. Like, I was like, oh, it's incredible. And Eric was like, well, fuck you. It's yeah, I said, it's, it's, I said everything you just said sounds terrible. Um. So, oh, carry on. I'm gonna be <laughs> just crying, laughing. Um, how well then is he sounding? Okay. 
Sell yeah. me this pen. All right. So, I think Elden. Well, I don't think Elden Ring is a great studio at its absolute peak thus far. Elden Ring is the culmination of everything from software has learned, um, from combat uh, traversal, boss design, world design. Uh, level design, like environmental storytelling. Well, it's easy when they make the same game over and over again. Yeah, do you know what? Oh, here she they goes. do it really fucking well, <laughs> and they've done it really fucking well again. Um, they they oh, have dear. made the most accessible of all the From Software games so far. They just have. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> all the tutorials are in the menu, Stacey. <laughs> um, no, they've just they've made an open world that. That made me. Oh. That made me excited to be in an open world again. There's no checklist. Mm. There's no, um, you know, you don't have to turn off any filters because there's just icons fucking everywhere. It's just a, a huge world that you are free to explore in whatever way you want. Um, as is shown by the fact that Kaled, which we've discovered through like various forms of data mining, is definitely intended as a far later game area. Kaled is the second area most people do when they're way under-leveled for it, and they, they still manage to get through it anyway. Um, Superb game design. <laughs> <laughs> just truly it's magnificent. Big, Everyone um, plays this game wrong because the game's just that good. To oh be fair, the big terrifying T-Rex dog should be a sign that you should get out of there and, and go away. But, you know. No, because there's that chest that teleports you, in it? And that's how people end up in Kaylee. Yeah, or, no, they go underground to that underground city. Yeah. And they get the other elevator up, and, and it's all of a sudden like, Kayla, oh yeah. my god, I'm in fucking, per- I'm in East Croydon, I'm in Purgatory. <laughs> There's a few ways to get there, um, <laughs> too early. But yeah, just uh, having an open world game that actually feels like it wants to be open world, and it wants to be explored, um, but without forcing you to explore it in in anything other than your own terms, I think is, is very refreshing in... I mean, you know, you said you you ended up stumbling upon some Horizon quests, and um, that you know, not through checking them on your minimap, but in oh, Elden Ring does that, but a thousand times exactly. better. Like the emergent storytelling yeah. in that game is and, and uh, it's next to Red Dead for yeah. me in terms of like how well it does it. Even if you miss out on NPC storylines, just the just the dungeons you do <laughs> and the, the give me give me one, how give me one. I haven't played that far. Give me the most emotional story. Give me the give me the Red Dead story. Give me a story that's up there with Red Dead side missions now. Go, best one. Any. Shoot. Literally any of them. Literally any. Any story that is not just a dead guy who's not dead anymore. Tell me it. Oh, there's a Blythe. There's a Welsh wolf fan called Blythe. And, like, he's part of a like a wider collection of people who worship this lady who who is kind of like... She's almost like trying to take advantage of the shattering of the Elden Ring to to morph this new world under her rule, like, apart, away from the monarchy, the disparate monarchy that is, like, falling apart. And it's it's a very wide story. Like, if you're following it in broad... In, ugh, I can't talk. In, like, broad strokes. But, like, I love following... I can't say his name because it's, like, Welsh. It's, like, Blythe. You have mm. to say it in a certain Blythe. way. Jude, where, where were you born again? <laughs> Wales. No, <laughs> I wasn't born I was to check. Blythe. <laughs> It's a lot of people are playing like Blad or whatever. It's like, no, he's a Welsh wolf man. Like, you can say it right. But I find his like his unwavering conviction to this like almost like unknown cause that so many people are pledging themselves to because this world is so broken and so busted that you need to put your like your apples in some form of basket to keep moving forward. 
and like there's some other characters who are part of his like cabal who are like like cliche and sinister or like just like melancholic and depressive or like loyal in a way that is damaging to their own well-being but with Blythe like when you talk to him it's clear like he worships Lady Rani and he wants to do everything he can for her but there's there's like small little things under the surface when you like read into it or exhaust all his dialogue that like tell quite a fascinating story and there's a lots of little NPCs in that game. This isn't even my entry, but off I go. I, yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, you're not telling me on it, so I wouldn't worry that's not your entry. <laughs> the round table hold, yeah, though. My, it's fantastic. My entry oh my God. To, to get my pitch, to wrestle my pitch back from... Jay. Anyway, I shut up. <laughs> Elden Ring's incredible. But also, it's really funny that people um, hate it. My entry for like, a nice emotional story in the game is uh, an NPC that you find very early on in the game as you're going up to Castle Stormfront. The Spirit Lady. Yes. She has yes. completely given up. Um, all her friends have been murdered. We simply they've been they've been grafted, so they've been like molded onto Godric and become this malformed abomination. And she's just she's just ready to die. She's just accepted it. She's like, you know, I'm nothing. I'm useless. I'm worthless. Fuck all this. And then once you defeat Godric, Move. you show her that um, you know there is hope. And she journeys to the Round Table Hold, where this gruff. Uh, uh, blacksmith who again he's you know he's like a slave to these people uh he also doesn't really think there's much value in his life he takes her under his wing because he notices that she has a talent for um uh spirit tuning which is spirit just like tuning. spotting the it's the spirit summons that you make basically she's the person who upgrades them but it's through his tutelage um that he sort he softens a little bit and you know you hear him praying at one point um so you find out like he's he's kind of getting back in touch with his his religion and his faith um, through tutoring this woman and like building her up and making her unlock her full potential. And she goes from this really shy, reclusive, um, just, you know, miserable woman into this, this key ally who, who helps you at every step of the way. And who is, you know, probably the reason a lot of people got through a lot of the early game, because you know, she's the one I go to, to make my wolf boys stronger. I do love that, like those hopes. Yeah, that, that's not as good as the the robot who kills his master because he's been made into it like a chair of death. Pass. What, what? Good as <laughs> Red Dead. Aware. Oh, <laughs> I didn't say Sick. that. To be fair, uh, Jade Jade sabotaged oh, me by saying I stand that. By it. I stand by it. <laughs> oh dear me! All right, well, horizon, pick her eyes and be done with it, Stacey. Horizon, yeah, of course. I don't like Elden Ring. I wasn't kidding. I don't like. It. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> These this game doesn't matter, but also I don't like Elden Ring. <laughs> no, no one, no one has ever sold me on it. That's the thing. I, people, people have all tried, and none of you have sold me on it. Neither has played the game. I have so to say, I'm like it. I have, I, I gotta say that it is a little eerie to me how much people just describe this game in the exact same way. <laughs> all the time because it's from software <laughs> everyone everyone who talks about this game just says the same shit about this game do you know time. why do you know why because it's the same game as all the dark souls games and demon souls just in a bigger map and everyone knows the buzzwords to say for that because they know those those games are cool and they know how people talk about them so they just get to say the same thing over and over again it's why gaming has like 12 masterpieces a year <laughs> because we all just say the same things elden, no, elden ring's not for me yeah. yeah which is fine i'm just gonna sit my mountain dew which I Jade, you won. Be happier. <laughs> I I haven't. I know, but I'm still sad. Is it is. I just. I, I haven't it. played it, and my opinion about this game means nothing. Everybody, everybody, fucking. Loves I do this just want it. I have played it. I, I don't want it. Mine. mine is based off yeah. playing it. You bought it. Unlucky. <laughs> Did you trade it in? 
I no, I I bought it digitally. Uh, I buy uh, most things digitally. Right. But then I uh, I got they sent me like a, a gift box with one, and I was like, what am I gonna do with this? And just fucking throw it in a bonfire. Oh, you have two bad, copies of Elden Ring. I have a, I have a physical one that's sealed and a digital one that I hate. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I am clear. This is, how, this, is, this is proof positive that I'm not a shill. They sent me loads of free stuff and I still think the game is shit. Oh, I'm glad we got that out. Of Probably got that. <laughs> and Jay should have got all that free stuff. We like the game. <laughs> they sent I me a poster. I feel like just dislike it on principle at really this do. point. Which is not oh, a good reason. To I fucking shoot. adore Elden oh, Ring. Well. Like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna shoot. I wrote, it. I love I wrote probably my most emotional piece yet about Elden Ring, but it has Euphoria spoilers in it, so no one read it. <laughs> I need to watch that. I will. I'll watch it after I catch up with the boys. Andrew and Stacey, you both have one more game, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, might have been taken to let me get a little list up, and then I'll. Uh, I will. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yep. Not mine. Andrew, go ahead. Okay, Citizen Sleeper is a uh, cyberpunk RPG that takes place on a space station where you are a sleeper, which is like a you know very realistic android who has escaped from servitude, but you don't remember your past. Um, and so you're going around this... Um, you know, space station and trying to get uh, free. You have a tracker that you're trying to get rid of, but you're also helping the the people of the space station as you go. I talked about it previously on the podcast. It's um, sort of similar to Disco Elysium in that it is taking um, tabletop style, uh, you know, game design specifically the way that it uses dice but it's applying it to a rpg that doesn't have any combat and is very driven by text and uh story and i think it is neat <laughs> i just think this i just think it's neat i just think it's neat <laughs> I've heard Eric rave about this game and heard nothing but amazing things, and you said less about this than the fucking Wordle clone podcast. I literally game. have never played this game, I don't know what the oh, fuck you're talking about. I think I, might have, I think I was the one that raved about it, Izzy. I talked about it previously on the show, which is why I sort of. Oh, okay, maybe that's... I'm being a little briefer here because I don't want to repeat all the same stuff that I that's said. maybe why um, I thought it was Eric because it was on the show. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Did you review Who reviewed yeah, it? Yeah. Ben did. Oh, it was Ben's yes, review yes, I read did, as well. Yeah, that was um. I think he gave it a ten. Did. Yeah, it it sounded amazing. Oh, kitty! It is quite good. It uh um, I not have not everything. played a ton more since I talked about it on the podcast about an hour or two more. Um, just because I have been spreading my uh time between way too many games and you know feeling a little Bilbo Bagginsy and that I'm you know stretched <laughs> like butter over too much bread. Um, but this is the best uh, piece of bread <laughs> that I've played recently that it's I've scraped bread. my butter on. Oh. Um, have such a word with blood. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It uh, is pretty groovy. What are the themes? It's cyberpunk stuff, transhumanism. Yeah, I mean you're an android, right? So you're yeah. trying to do android stuff, like you know, reckon with your humanity, I suppose. I'm, I'm having a hard time talking about this game, I guess, for some <laughs> ben, reason. Uh, ben um, talks about how the game uh, offers an interesting sort of 
uh, dualism where you... Sorry, are you a ringer for this one? What's I, happening? I, I really like the sound of it. It's a game I want to play. Look, if Jade can jump onto I, my I don't pitch, know what it looks like. I can jump onto this pitch. Mm. Um, it... Jaded Plagio game. <laughs> you know what? Tell good, us what Ben good, thinks about points the game. Well made. <laughs> um, oh, this looks pretty... He describes it as a game where you you kind of have to like battle with the feeling of taking pride in the work you're doing because you're happy that you're you're improving but it's also work that's like slowly killing you and is mm. like at the end of the day meaningless and for somebody else um games journalism so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and very much you know reflective of the uh, capitalist hellscape within which we currently reside so again more woke politics bs but yes um <clears throat> you have to uh manage to meters as you go you have an energy meter and you have a you know hunger meter basically so it is sort of like you know you're managing your you know robotic nature because you have to get like these injections to refill your battery basically but you also have to eat human food um it's a dice based game so like you are what you have, you have a certain amount of dice each game, and that depends on how much energy you have. Um, and there are a bunch of activities that you can do on the space station that are going to advance your drives, which are the game's version of quests. Um, in order to do those, you slot a die into the slot for that specific quest. And it's not like it rolls, it's like each die is worth a certain amount. So you'll see if you have a sex ahead of time and how good your chances are of succeeding. Um... <clears throat> And yeah, you're just trying to survive while you uh, accomplish these drives. The basic thing that you're trying to do is remove this tracker that you have. Um, but there's not really a straightforward way to do that. So you have to help other people to see if that's going to lead to, you know, more information about how to get that or more leads on how to do that. Um, and as you do, you can ally yourself with certain, you know, factions or put your time and money into certain things and... Um, one thing that I think is interesting about it is you know that getting the driver moved is the main thing you need to do. Um, but it's hard to tell what is essential and what's inessential. So you could like complete this game, I think, without seeing a lot of it. But it's hard to tell what, you know, you should be doing. And so that encourages you to sort of explore all around. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I like it a lot. It's, um, I talked last time I was on the podcast talking about it, uh, about how the art style wasn't quite what I expected because the like key art for it has this really impressive hand drawn stuff, but then that is only in the dialogue scenes. And then the rest of it is, you know, the, the space station is presented in this sort of polygonal, simple way but even like that was sort of disappointing to me at first but that's grown on me too to the point where through the strength of the text and the small amounts of you know hand-drawn stuff that you get i'm sort of imbuing um characteristics onto places um that the polygonal images themselves are not showing me so andrew are you trying to filibuster stacy right now <laughs> <laughs> He's just running the clock out so she can't get her game in. That's fighting right. for one lost cause. That's right. I'm I'm filibustering for sitting sleeper, and then at the last minute, I'm going to switch it over to Elden Ring when <laughs> Stacy doesn't have any time to rebuff. <laughs> it sounds uh, 
it sounds evocative. It's cool. It's evocative. It it's it's groovy for you know kids and adults of you know for kids and kids right, at you're heart. Done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Stacy, what's your what is who, your game? Who am I trying to convince? Me. You. Okay. Um, I don't know your feelings on this game then, because uh, right. my third game, which is really fourth game because choices have gone, is Kirby. New oh. Kirby game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was the one who reviewed Kirby for us. I have always had... Kirby, Kirby air games are quite disappointing, so it's a bit of an odd relationship with Kirby. They kind of play the earlier games and think they're great, and then they start actually coming out in your lifetime, and they're all terrible. It's a hard thing to deal with. So I was looking forward to this, but also a little bit... Uh, it eats a car. It's open world. Will this work? It's it's pretty short. It doesn't have any um, hugely evocative themes or, or storytelling. It. It's just it has a lot of fun with what a Kirby game can be. And there's been a few games in a row now where that hasn't really been the case. Where you feel like the people making it have been annoyed that they're not making a Mario game. You know, they they have traditional platforming and you know, jumps and you attack enemies in very standard rote ways. Didn't really use Kirby's inhalation, Kirby's floatiness, um, how malleable, quite literally, Kirby as a character is. Uh, and this game just does all that. It's just kind of fun to be like, he's a boat now. <laughs> going to be a boat. Um, he's a traffic cone. Why? So we can break open a water pipe, because that, that's what traffic cones do um, out in the wild. <laughs> um, just kind of stuff like that. It's just a a very fun, nice, relaxing time, and uh, there aren't too many games that I've enjoyed playing. Certainly in the moment, more than Kirby, and it's a nice, nice return to form, even if it's not quite Super Mario Odyssey levels of uh, giant leap for platforming. Oh no, this is t- uh, tough. Tough choice. I haven't played either of these games. Uh, I've heard Citizen Sleeper compared to uh, that detective game that I like. Disco. Disco. I like Disco a lot, uh, but I've also played a bunch of Kirby, and I always like that. Um, I'm going to have to go with Kirby for no no reason. I'm not going to justify it. Did I? Don't need to. Did I say, did I remember to say that Citizen Sleeper was for kids and kids at heart? Because that is <laughs> what I wanted to emphasize. I, I think you got that in there. Okay. Un- unlike uh, Kirby, of course. Unlike Kirby, yeah. Kirby's for grizzled old games journos, you know, who are too cynical <laughs> to appreciate Citizen Sleeper's childlike charms. <laughs> I, 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 this is why I choose Kirby. I'm thinking about which game I would play next. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been I've done I've been playing a lot of really dense uh, anti capitalist games. Maybe I'll talk about one of them. Uh, and maybe I, I just want to play Kirby right mm-hmm. now. And that's the only, only reason I chose it. But this is how how this game goes. And it's uh, really important that we get to the bottom of it. And I'm glad that we're sorting it out. My last game is called Hard Space Shipbreaker. I talked about I thought it. Thought you were going to mention that. Yeah, last last week I talked about it a lot, so I will only talk about it a little. This is a, a job sim about a a person that takes spaceships apart for scrap uh, and 
the loop of the game is um, getting big spaceships into your scrapyard and then learning a little bit at a time how best to take them apart and salvage them uh, for the sake of uh, efficiency and safety because it's very dangerous to take ships apart. They have uh, reactors in them. They have things that explode. Uh, depressurizing ships too quickly can get you crushed. And you, uh, it takes a lot uh, of... Uh, of practice uh, to learn how to take these ships apart and getting better at it and faster at it is, uh, is very enjoyable. I have absolutely conflated citizen sleeper and hard space shipbreaker. mm. This thing I said, Ben said, you said about this game. (laughs) See, I thought so, but then Andrew didn't dispute it. So I got very confused. Well, I plagiarized you and you didn't even call me out on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry yeah i knew you had spoken about a game like that i just, I just I, thought you were like ben game. says this about this other game and i was like no i say yeah. that about this yeah, okay sorry yeah that's my bad i just got <laughs> and then andrew let it go so i was i was confused everybody well, was confused it was confusing yes but it's hard the, the crucial question is hard space shipbreaker for kids and kids at heart <laughs> <laughs> why are you ruining my pitch <laughs> um all of that ship breaking is wrapped around a narrative of uh, a a budding union uh, against this company that uh, exploits people further than you could even imagine. Um, these shipbreakers are cloned and replaced every time they get themselves exploded or whatever, which is a, a pretty controversial thing, as you can imagine. Um. And it mirrors the things that we're seeing in real life in lots and lots of ways. The the employee handbook has 52 pages about the bathroom break policy. <laughs> Are they readable pages? For example, uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it just yeah. mentions that. Um, yeah, and, and uh, the employees have uh, insurmountable debt that just seems to get deeper the longer they work. Uh, it's a, a very prescient game i think it's an important game uh and it's it's not just my favorite game of the year so far it's like one of my favorite games of all time wow i i think it's a a blast and i think that its message is really important so i yeah i love hard space had you been playing Uh, this one in early access because it came out in early access a few years ago at this point didn't it yes 2020 it launched early access and it was pretty bare bones uh it was just the core like ship breaking Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has developed with a with a pretty beautiful and poignant story over that time. And the ships have gotten bigger and more more streamlined. It's a lot easier than it was at, at first. Um, a lot easier to understand the inner inner workings of every ship. But mm. yeah, is uh, uh, as important as that poignancy is. Does this game get a buy? Is it up against something? Um, is this just in the next round automatically because you're the host and you love it? Well, I don't think it's because I'm the host. I think it's just a numbers game, isn't it? <laughs> Chosen by you. <laughs> Jade, would you like to pick uh, Hard Space or nothing? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hard Space is good. Okay. Versus nothing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Go on, Eric. Perfect. I really appreciate that. So, Hard Space is moving on to the next round. <laughs> uh, okay. We're now at round two, and we're an hour and Jesus 20 in. So. Christ. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This is how this, this, is how this works. Don't worry. Uh, uh, round Pokemon. two, roller champion versus yes, Pokemon. Rattle through them. Yeah. Yes, Pokemon Legend Arceus. Uh, Izzy, you have one minute. Sure. I'm going to time you to tell us why roller champion is better than Pokemon Legend Arceus. Okay. Go now. What do you want to do? Do you want to make friends? Hmm. 
do you want to do you want to throw your silly little balls at silly little creatures that shoot silly little elemental powers or do you want to fucking deck people in a roller derby while edm pulses through your veins and the crowd roars and cheers and you know you just you just rack up the laps and then you absolutely fucking slam dunk on your opponents and you just score five right in their face and as you dunk on them your nuts just smack them in the head and you just <laughs> and boom explosions um. cheers and then as the camera follows you you just you just tackle one of them just to be like yeah fuck you get out of my goddamn way and then when you win you just you just dance and point and laugh at them like ha 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 and then you unlock like some cool new hair so that the next time you do all of it you've got a cool new hairdo like you're doing all this again but with a mohawk and a tron suit and your rollerblades shoot flames. That's Roller Champions. It's incredible. Mm. Oh my god, and that's one minute. <laughs> it was exciting. <laughs> Stacy, please tell us why Pokemon Legends Arceus is better than Roll- Roller Champion. You have one minute starting now. Um, I can't believe Izzy said he didn't like the game where the silly little character shoots silly little balls and then pitched Roller Champions where silly little characters <laughs> shoot silly little balls at things. That's ridiculous. This is the biggest evolution that po- the Pokemon series, the most profitable piece of media in the world, has ever known, or a free rollerblading game. I, you know, I yield my time. <laughs> uh, Andrew, you were the last to choose, so you uh, now must pick Roller well, Champion or Pokemon Legends Arceus. Roller Champions was a pretty high octane pitch. Uh-huh. I have played some of Pokemon Legends Arceus. I think it's all right. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that great. I don't think it's like anything special against a free to play Ubisoft Roller Champions yeah, game. But game Nobody's mentioned this, years. but you have to download the UPlay launcher to play Roller Champions. Oh, it loses automatically. It's not on Game no, Pass. You play it on a console like a normal human being, Eric. No one. Uh oh! It's got you there. Everybody should have the Uplay launcher downloaded anyway, because when Notre Dame burned down, they gave away the France Assassin's Creed for free, <laughs> and we all should have claimed that if we if we claim to care about Notre Dame. Assassin's so. Creed France. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the pick? Oh, I gotta go with uh, Roller Champion. Woo! That sounds badass. Ah, retribution. Yes, I finally beat Stacey in an argument. <laughs> Because Andrew doesn't <laughs> like Pokemon Arceus. <laughs> All right. Roller Next one, Eric. Roller Champions moves on. Next, Vampire Survivors versus Vampire Swan Song. Ooh. It is, Ooh. in fact, the Summer of Morb. Uh, <laughs> I will take my one minute okay. starting now. Uh, these two vampire games could not be more different. Uh, if you want to uh, read a book and walk around uh, hoity-toity uh, vampire town, I mm. guess you can play Swan Song. But if you just want to play a damn fun video game that only takes maybe five minutes of your time uh, per round, that's Vampire Survivors. Uh, I've played it for hours and hours and hours, and it never gets old. Uh, it, it, it scratches that roguelike part of your brain that just wants to do one more over and over and over, and uh, you don't have to read. And I think that's the best thing about Vampire Survivor is that you don't have to read a shitload of books mm. to enjoy this game, and I'm done. Um, can I go? Go now. There's a rampant anti anti intellectualism <laughs> on the on the gamer podcast that, quite I frankly, it. I find troubling. <laughs> Kids from ages nine to ninety nine <laughs> should enjoy the act of reading, and Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song has that in spades. 
it's a wonderful game. If you're moody, if you want to understand everything there is to know about uh, vampires, you want to learn some cool words like the beckoning or the embrace, <laughs> then you can click on the codex and learn about those things. <clears throat> More importantly, these vampires are all, you know, having relationships with each other. Some of them have exes that they were exes with 30 years ago who are also the people that turned them into vampires. So it's this strange relationship that uh, you'll find quite intriguing. And most of all, you can pick things up and look at them and read. Okay. And... <laughs> Reading. Who's picking? It's uh, it's Izzy. <laughs> Shut up, nerd. Eric's game wins. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, it's me again in the next round. I'll let Jade go first. Jade, tell us in one minute why... Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is better than We Were Here Forever. Go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so Horizon Forbidden West feels like a fundamental improvement over it, over its predecessor in every conceivable way, which, as I mentioned, in like when I was picking the game up, it wasn't really something I was into. But I feel like Guerrilla with this game, they improved combat substantially. They improved exploration and its world design and its platforming in a way that draws you into exploring its environments in a way that previously they often felt like quite placid and lifeless and that also carries over to the stories in this game you discover like sure there's the post-apocalypse which you're dealing with which almost like loses its momentum because all of the smaller stories surrounding it are so much more fascinating and engrossing and personal and i cared about them and i wanted to see them through to the end and that almost acted as almost like a catalyst to me enjoying this game and like, getting into okay, its you're done. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank Good you. Uh, my What's turn. It against? Uh, it's up against my game, We Were Here Forever. We Were Here Forever is a 10-hour game where you will build the bonds of friendship. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is a 70-hour game where the last <laughs> 35 hours of the game is pretty boring. Uh, it is it is beautiful uh, the combat's great all of that is true and then it just keeps going and keeps going did I mention that there's a, a board game a tactic style board game that's a big part of it you gotta oh, do all that nice. that's the yeah. best part that's the best part according to me uh, <laughs> the, we were here forever is it takes two without all of the baggage without uh, all of the excess uh, it's streamlined uh, it'll make you feel really smart, uh, and it'll make you and your friends closer. And what's better than that? I'm done. Uh, this is Stacy's pick. Uh, we were here forever. Thank you. Yeah, I was yeah, pick that. Two things. This is. I'm going to end up arguing against myself in the end here because I, I'm in the next round. Two. All three of my games yeah. got through the first round. Uh, rig. Stacey... I mean, you rigged the third <laughs> one. <laughs> it, was really it was a little bit rigged. <laughs> Stacey, you have one minute. Please tell us why Kirby is better than Hard Space Shipbreaker now. I don't think I'll need a minute because, as we all know, this is the summer of Morbius. Now, you may have seen <laughs> a famous meme of Morbius where he's holding a little pink ball. Fun fact, that ball is Kirby. Oh, my God. That's my time. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, Hard Space. Uh, hard Space is in space up, in the future. Uh, there's... No vampires, so mm. fuck. 
There's no vampires. Except in for the, the vampirism of capitalism. Ooh. Cerebral. It will truly That's suck your at your neck. I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, whose pick is it? I think it's Jade's. Jade, the Morbius memes or Eric's capitalist game? Uh, Morbius. It's, it's Kirby or Hard. Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Morbius. Morbius wasn't an option. And yet Morbius won. So. Oh, Christ. Okay. Morbius is game at the end. All right. I. We're, we are in the semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> Round three, the semifinals. Here we go. Uh, roller champion versus roller champion versus vampire survivors. Uh, you can't argue for your oh, own what game. A disaster. Who who would like to argue vampire or uh, roller champion? That's I want to argue it. Cool. All right, well, one minute, Angie. Ready? Tell us why roller champion is better than vampire survivors. Go. In Roller Champions, you ride around a track doing incredible, stylish violence that would make George <laughs> Miller cream his jeans. And <laughs> you have to get around the track a bunch of times to score points. And when you win, you get to taunt your opponents. And um, it, you get to be as toxic as you want, but they can leave the game and they will not have to see your toxicity if they don't want to. It's consensual toxicity. Ubisoft has solved it. <laughs> They've solved multiplayer games. I predict it will be the most influential game of the next 10 years. It's called Roller Champions for a reason, bitch. <laughs> Stop clapping. Stop clapping. Uh, who's who's going to argue for Vampire Survivors here? Oh, I got it. All right, go yeah. ahead, Jade. Morbius. <laughs> God damn it. This is basically just a Jackbox game now. Uh, <laughs> that's well, it, really? That's all? Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well, it's my pick. What? It's your game. Well, I'm, I didn't make the you rules. You literally made the rules. You literally did. <laughs> I may have made the rules. <laughs> Why doesn't Stacy pick this one? No. All right, Stacy, you pick. Um, I I actually I'm going to go for Vampire Survivors no. just because oh, I, I do like this Mobius aside. I do like the sound of it, and I don't like the sound of the roll, but I just don't I don't get it. Um, I'm going to go for cool. Vampire Survivors. All right, now uh, it is now time for We Were Here Forever versus Kirby. Can't argue uh, for your own, so someone needs to do Kirby for me. I'll pick. Oh, I'll, I'll go We Were Here Forever. Yeah, why not? All right, go ahead, Izzy. We Were Here Forever, one minute. Okay. Who's deciding this one? You, because you okay. don't have any skin in the game. Okay. So, We Were Here Forever. Uh, first off, you should know that Eric cheated when he played it. You're meant to, you're meant to communicate via a walkie-talkie that only one of you can use at a time, but Eric just plays it on Discord. So that's why it brings him and his friends closer <gasps> together instead of tearing them apart like any good or We're pitching should. for the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's the magic of modern video games is, you know, you really don't need to listen to them and you can think outside the box to beat these puzzles by cheating and playing on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, honestly, and it takes two without all the bloat and without the kind of, kind of, um, uh, just, just poorly managed, um, uh, d uh, divorce plot does sound really fun and you know Portal 2 the, the co-op mode in that was absolutely amazing and this basically sounds like that so I think you should vote for this perfect you're done 
Kirby. Jade for Kirby. Jade for Kirby. Yes. Don't just say Morbius and drop the mic. <laughs> no, no. Don't let Eric tell you. So, much like Morbius, <laughs> I think Kirby and the Forgotten Land was something we've been waiting a long time for. Like, <laughs> I mean, Kirby has never gone traditional 3D platformer before. And while he's he's flirted with that genre in like other games, this felt like Kirby's biggest game yet in a lot of ways, both in terms of like its gameplay, going full 3D and exploring Super Mario 3D world-esque levels in a lot of like compelling ways of great level design and wonderful personality, being able to like swallow objects and inhabit them. Like it's it's a gimmick, like to be honest, but it's like really fun and folds into the levels and in so many like cute little ways. I think it was a game like a lot of people didn't expect to be as good as it was. And it spells like a bright future for what Kirby will go on to do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Great. I can't believe you just said Morbius. <laughs> I folded it in. To, to oh, no, in post, Eric's going to cut that. So it just all you say <laughs> is Morbius. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so Morbius versus Morbius, right? <laughs> <laughs> we we were here forever versus Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. Oh uh, yeah, we were here forever for sure. Kirby is all right, but it is really like I don't know. Every time I play a Nintendo game lately that isn't Mario or Zelda, I'm like, what am I doing here? I just am sort of sick of their shtick, you know. I mean, I still enjoy Nintendo, but Kirby was just like, this is good, but it it, it lacks a certain je ne sais quoi. And from the way that you uh, describe, both of you um, have described We Were Here Forever, it sounds like it has that je ne sais quoi. But only if you use the walkie-talkie. So, Eric, I am going to choose this game, but I'm going to reprimand you and say you need to stick to the rules from now on. I will stick to the rules from now on. All right. Well, he didn't stick to the rules, and now he has Eric versus Eric in the final, so I think he's not going to stick to the rules. I'm having a wonderful day. Thank you all. Uh, I would like everybody to type... In the chat box, don't press enter. Uh, choose either We Were Here Forever or Vampire Survivors as your yep. game of the year so far. I will also Got choose. What the fuck? It's right. a tough choice, what though, is, I gotta is say. This the chat box? What the fuck is this? The bottom, there's like a. Oh, the. Yeah, so I just, I I'll just scroll down. down. All right, are we all locked in? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. once I picked Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're we're going to uh, press enter on three. One, oh, two, wait, wait, three. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. I haven't put mine in. Jade. You can still do it. Don't read those. Just do she, it. She Jade, has she has. It's good to gone. We were here forever. <laughs> two, we were here more than five. Oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. Okay. Got it. Uh, Andrew picked. We were here more Bever. <laughs> Izzy picked Vampire Survivors. Stacy picked. We were here more Bever. I pick Vampire Survivors. That's two and two. Jade is the tiebreaker. We Were Here Forever is the gamer podcast. Game of the year so far, 2022. We did it, everyone. Congratulations. We made Uh, it. We made it through the rain. We made it. Um, We will be back early next week. The show will be dropping not on Friday, but on Wednesday evening because we have so much to talk about via the oh, so much gaming. Uh, summer games fest xbox show both xbox shows <laughs> there's two. Uh, oh yeah there's yeah, a yeah. follow-up one yeah. yeah there's a follow-up one uh and 
plenty more. So uh, we'll be back early next week. Thanks for listening. And congratulations to We Were Here Forever. Stay Morbius. Stay yeah. Morbid. <laughs>